Well, for our, our, our special, you know, we are doing an Ask Me Anything episode. And the idea, I proposed this, I think. And the idea was that we would record it ahead of time. So, but, but we, thankfully, I think we're recording it almost the last week of the year. So we've built up a nice list of, uh, of questions. And I've been looking forward to it. Now, uh, we had last week at my work, VMware Tanzu, which now because I've said VMware in front of Tanzu, I can say Tanzu. Uh, from now on, oh, you just know that that's how the brand, what the brand people uh, say, which is fine, Wh- whatever you like. Uh, and, but we had a little holiday party, and uh, you know we'd been doing these events, and uh, here in Europe we send out wine for it, and then in America they have some bourbon tasting things for the round table, and I have one little vial of bourbon oh, that they nice. sent me. There's, you know, they sent this out for our little holiday party, and I think this is the. Uh, let me let me look it up. I wrote it down. Well. It's sample number four, but uh, I'd, lo- I'd love it if we like cut away from you from from you to your desk, and there's just like a dozen of them sprawled all. <laughs> and this is the Pikesville Rye that I have left over here, and uh, you know, I uh, listen. You two need to to say this on my behalf. I used to drink a lot of bourbon. They used to, I as as the 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 reason I call Matt Ray Matt Ray is we there was this other Matt Matt Kinman which oddly yeah. enough to call Kinman so it was disambiguated so I don't really know I've got a lot of things to reconsider about my past <laughs> anyways he made fun of me one year during Christmas buying for buying myself a bourbon book which is a true story so I used to drink a lot of bourbon, but man, I was drinking this bourbon and I was like, oh, I've been in Europe too long drinking wine. This bourbon is kind of harsh stuff. It's not, uh, I'm not feeling it. So I had a lot of it left over and uh, I gave Kim a sample of some of it. And uh, there was also a lot left over after that, uh, which is not to say that I didn't like it. This is the last part. So I thought I would, I would have this here. If you're watching the stream now, also check out what they, they gave us they here. Gave Do you see that? They gave me little tiny glasses. Wow. Yes. Yeah. That, that say... VMware Tanzu with our logo. Now, do you have a dozen of those? I have, <laughs> no, I have I have four. But here we go. Let me put this here and you can hear it. But did you get it because of the, uh, this was like your little virtual party or because you were doing the, uh, the virtual kind of roundtables? Like, no, no, it was, the, it was the party. It wasn't oh, okay. actually one of the events. And, and uh, mm-hmm. my, uh, my manager, uh, Tasha's husband, played guitar. I think he played like four or five songs on mm-hmm. Zoom. It was like, I was tweeting this the other day. I think it's, you know, last episode for all the the trash talking of virtual conferences, which I still stand while I'm sitting by. Uh, it was it was about as good as you can get with an online holiday party. I think it's a little it's a little awkward. Well, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, when you're at a work party and the music is so loud that you can't talk to each other, that's a little awkward. But it's still kind of nice. And then when you're on a Zoom call and music is playing. You can't really talk amongst yourselves, not because of the right. music, but because it'd be weird. Uh, so actually, it's baseline to the same thing, um, <laughs> except you get to be at home. So in your sweatpants. Yeah, I mean, if that. So <laughs> I don't know. I'm, oh. I'm, I'm wondering. I feel like the Zoom um, Christmas party that may be something I, I I would skip that on. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm busy. I I don't know. Was it? I can't. I don't know. That's one of those things I could kind of go. Was it mandatory? If it was mandatory, that would be bad. No, no, no. It no. wasn't mandatory at all. That's no, kind of no. good. Well, that's no. good at least. So, well, how but, how was uh, the bourbon? I mean, maybe that's the most. Oh, important. it was all good. So we had a we had a I don't know what you call them. Uh, 
you know, I, I learned over here when we got the sommelier that does our, our European events that sommeliers are in charge of uh, like tobacco, wine and liquor. So maybe it was a sommelier who was doing the bourbon, but it was yeah. it was some American, of course, some, you know, a fellow American uh, up there in Ohio. <laughs> and Americans. yeah, it was really nice. He he like he like uh, told us all about bourbon stuff uh, and um all of them were good. Did you give was, him the whole? Did you have to go through the whiskey versus bourbon discussion and like? No, no, being he from did Kentucky well, well, and all that stuff. So, so, so yes, but it, it, he was super chill. This guy, he was almost like the surfer dude of bourbon tasters. You know, just like yeah, just you just drink however you want. It's not a big. You put water in it or not? I mean, I mean, drink it straight and just put some water in it, and you'll. <laughs> Is this Matthew McConaughey? <laughs> you can, you can. Once you put water in it, you can tell there's a different taste. And, you know, you know, don't just just smell it. Don't stick your nose in it. Sometimes I just like to just to smell them for like 15 or 20 minutes before I even take a sip. They just I'm smelling a little bit of leather, some oak. And then he did define <laughs> uh, he did define the bourbon. And I, I've been wrong all these years. Apparently, it doesn't have to be from Kentucky. Oh, it just has oh. to be from America. And I think I it does need to have a I forget. I used to know this like. You know, I could recite this uh, to mix metaphors like the back of my hand, but I can't anymore. But, you know, it's, I think it's supposed to be 60 or 51 percent corn. I forget. Uh, and then it has to be uh, aged, I think, for at least six months in, as they say, virgin oak barrels that have been charred inside. Um, so, yeah. And then we also had an Irish whiskey, uh, which he talked about how that was slightly different. And then uh, it was the kind of thing where you had to. You got four samples, and they don't tell you which one it is, and you're supposed to guess according to the little description on the card and everything. And yeah, it was it was nice. So, well, I had my. Uh, I still holiday. haven't had a, a drink of this yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been you've been savoring the scent. We we had our <laughs> holiday uh, Australia employees get together uh the same night that uh, we found out that sydney was having a new outbreak and i shouldn't have been on mass transit and shouldn't have been at a restaurant and but the test came back so you know we're all good wow way <laughs> to bring it down matt ray it's been a lot oh, of oh sorry sorry <laughs> did not have bourbon had some fine beers with with my my friends it was the first time i'd been in a restaurant in a long time it's mm. good end of year i what, felt good what, what's the, what's the what's the liquor of choice in the well, I don't want a, a country as big as Australia. I don't want to generalize to the whole country, but <laughs> what's 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 the the liquor of choice in the Sydney kind of scene over there? Gin, gin. Mm, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. They they have they they. I mean, maybe that's me just from uh, like you know seeing what I want to see. But uh, I don't know. I feel like I see a lot of gin drinks um, and a lot of like specialty gin like uh distilleries uh there's a distillery here in manly uh their gin's okay their coffee liqueur is horrible um <laughs> but there's uh four pillars is, is quite good mm -hmm. um you know obviously wine just there's a ton of you know great wine uh that is you know not particularly expensive so even if you know even if it's not great you didn't pay very much for it now now um, if i were to go out into like fury road country would, yeah. would it still oh, be no, gin, no, or, or do they just no. no, 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 no? Do they just take like baby wallabies and ferment them and drink <laughs> the juice that comes off? What are they doing out there? Well, I mean, clearly a lot of beer. You know, they, mm. they've got the uh, 
you know, nobody's drinking the Fosters, but you got your your Forex Gold and uh, mm-hmm. you know the uh, similar similar types. Um, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, the only like Australian liquor I can really think about is like Bundaberg rum. You know, people talk about like Bundy's or yeah. Uh, well, it doesn't have to be native to the country. It's just sort of like what they do. Oh, oh, yeah, uh, all of the above. Okay. <laughs> well, we need we need some Australians to uh, write us in and tell tell us what their uh, what their stories are. Because I would say, I mean, in America, right? Like, if if I were forced to choose, it would be like, it seems like whiskey with like the occasional like tequila nightmares that people have had, but like. Whiskey's probably an American drink, right? Like that's what people would yeah, go to. Yeah, definitely. Now, I mean, obviously, I mean, vodka is a universal liquor. Everyone drinks vodka, right? Like that goes with everything. But if, for example, I would never say that gin was like top three American liquor. Maybe it is by sales, but I just feel like over no, four plus no, decades, that's never been a thing that that has been uh, particularly but, American. Like, like gin and tonics are, are fairly popular. Hey everybody, it's me. Today's show is sponsored by Strong DM. Working from home, managing a gazillion SSH keys, database passwords, and Kubernetes certs? Meet Strong DM. Manage and audit access to servers, databases, and Kubernetes clusters, no matter where your employees are. With Strong DM, easily extend your identity provider to manage infrastructure access. Automate onboarding, offboarding, and moving people within roles with the click of a button. Trusted by companies like Hearst, Peloton, and SoFi to manage access, you'll have more control and less hassle. Strong DM. Manage and audit remote access to infrastructure. Start your free 14-day trial at strongdm.com sdt, all uppercase. Again, that's strongdm.com sdt. SDT, no credit card required. And of course, we thank Strong DM for sponsoring our show. First question here comes from Rex. And I think, uh, Kote, you can start and then Matt, you can pick it up. It's like, uh, how did the three of us end up um, podcasting together? And what is our motivation for doing software defined talk? Money, fame, career, something else. So, Kote, tell us the story. Two part question. Well, you know, I was actually wondering this. How how long have we been doing this, Brandon? You must know. I think it's Is like it... four and a half, five years almost. Yeah. 277 episodes. I think, <laughs> you know, I, I, I went way back some time ago. And uh, I think I was at 451 Research at the time. And, you know, I'm always trying to start podcasts. And... I, I, this, this may be mildly insulting, but I don't remember why I picked you two. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, let me rephrase that. I picked, what I mean is I don't know the chain of events that led to me thinking to talk to you two, because the reason I picked you two is because, uh, I, well, I know you and we can talk with each other and I know that each of you can talk at length about things and you're knowledgeable, right? But what, what what I meant was, like, I don't remember the moment when I was like, I should start. I need to talk to them and ask them to start a podcast. Because it's not like we talked every week, no. you know, back then. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, am I remembering right? I feel right, like so I I'll have give you the you history first, Brandon, that I right? remember it. And then we'll see, yeah. you know, maybe we'll compare notes here, see if any of it's true. So 
Um, so Cote was, you were at 451 Group. I was at another company called Boundary, which is now since defunct. I think you, uh-huh. you emailed me and said, hey, let's do a podcast together. Now, I think yeah. and as a quick aside to that, so may, maybe this didn't play into it, but like, Cote, you and I had podcasted together a couple different times. So we go all the way back. Yeah. We should say yeah, 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 the yeah, first yeah. podcast that we worked on together was the Sun Identity Management Buzz. This was when you mm-hmm. were at Redmond, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> oh, whoa. And this yep, is a long yep. time ago now. And so this is where you actually, this is, and incredibly, like you were sort of, if you will, quote unquote, getting paid at the time. You were an analyst at Red Monk. And then I asked the people at Sun, because I wanted to yeah, do a podcast. I, I think my wife, Kim, would call that, quote unquote, getting paid. Right. She's well, but somehow, would... like, Sun bought yeah, hours right. from Red Monk. And then yeah, the yeah, analyst yeah. people are like, yeah, you can use an hour of Cote's time a week. You know, we That's have right. it in the quote unquote budget. So we had been doing that. So that like that podcast long since gone. I don't know what happened after the Oracle acquisition, but that was, you know, I mean, that was real rudimentary at the time. It was sort of pre-Skype even. A lot of times we did it on the phone. And so that was one was a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was definitely different. And we had like a producer and, and someone get it. Producer production. Bianca. Yeah, it was producer Bianca. So that, that was going on. And then you and I, I think I had left Sun. That came to an end for whatever reason. And then we did one like Austin tech scene for a little bit. Hey, let's just talk about Austin technology. So we've done that, but that one sort of went for a while and sort of fizzled out. Um, and then, That's yeah. right. and then we yeah. got together on this one. And I think at that time I had just started listening a lot to the political gab fest. And I was like, I really like this format. And I think we should do something like this for tech. I mean, after you had asked, you said like, Hey, let's do it. And I think I said like, I like this format. We should do it. And then yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I said, yeah. Hey, maybe Matt Ray, could yes. could do it because I don't think Matt Ray wasn't on the original first couple. I don't think it, I don't know. It wasn't very long that Matt Ray got into the rotation, but then Matt was like, "Yes, we'll do it." And then the other historical fact is like somehow I think we started. Cote did all the production, so he did everything. I think it was hosted originally on Libsyn, maybe. That's Somewhere right. We hosted yeah. it, and then at some point, Cote, I don't, I can't remember why. Like he decided to transition to Fireside, and somehow we lost like thirty. Like the first 30, 40 episodes were just kind of lost. Like they're not in the feed. Mm. I don't know. We don't even know where they are. Um, so so all of that is then like how we got going. And I think we, at least I started talking about it. I was like, hey, let's try to loosely base this on kind of, and it's it's not like the GabFest didn't invent it, but sort of the roundtable format. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's, I think, I think that's how it all got started. And we have the recommendations at the end. You have a little gimmick. But yeah, that's right. So, okay. I, I, I forgot about that Austin one that we did, but I remember the the identity podcast. And so that makes sense. What I was trying to remember why why I we you are on this, why well you're involved is like we were constantly scheming doing stuff over the last <laughs> ten or yeah. fifteen years. And so you 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 know, we always managed to do things here and there. And so like if if the idea if if we either of us had an idea of doing a podcast, we'd of course talk to each other about it. And uh and yeah, and I yeah. think you're right. It, but Matt, we should get your what do you remember? Just to like, maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe you have like a third I, I feel history. Like I'm like, no, no, I feel like I'm like the Carl Pilkington where you guys are like, you know, <laughs> Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant. And I'm just the idiot who shows up. <laughs> no, because I remember having something like, we need somebody that really, I think it was something like, I don't know if we talked about this or this is something I thought. I was like, I mean, you know, Kote, we really need to add someone to this show that really knows what they're talking about. Like, <laughs> exactly. really, and I think oh. I was like, you know, I think Matt, because you were a chef, of course, I think Matt, right? And you were like yeah, I, heavy into, for, like, I mean, it's all like, it's all pre-COVID, of course. Like you were going to, at that point, you were like on the partner side, I think. And I don't know, you were just yeah, covering lots yeah. of stuff. Every time I, I talked to you, yeah. like I learned something new and I was like, oh, you know, Matt, like Matt, like he's doing the homework. He's done the reading. 
yeah, so, uh, yeah. I'll, we should get him on the show. So that's why I think we got Matt in. Yep. Yeah. So there you go. That's, All right. So what's our motivation, Matt? What, what What is our motivation for doing the show? What is your motivation for doing this show? You know, I, I, we, we were talking a little bit before the episode started and <clears throat> I'm, I'm not particularly good about money. So I don't think that was it. <laughs> for those of you who missed the feed, I may have uh, only submitted half my tax return, um, but it's OK. It was it was just the workbook part. So um, my tax preparer told me that's OK. Uh so, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's not money. And, uh, I've had this conversation with my kids before. Um, I'm not really one to be impressed by fame. Uh, I, I, I used to work at like the student radio station and interviewed a bunch of musicians and I've met like actors and, you know, my, I, I've various like politicians through other like connections. And I was just like, I'm never impressed by any of that stuff. So I don't really care about it. Um, I don't know. So I think I just do it for fun. And I, which, you know, not particularly, uh, I, I guess that's a motivation, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, because I'm bored. <laughs> well, you had <laughs> so done, did bored. you do a podcast at Chef? I can't remember which one. Yes, did I did. Okay. Yes, I did. So um, you had, you I, were I, sort of, I, you were experienced when you got into the game, you know, like all of us. You had yeah, many yeah, years of experience. I, 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 yeah. I, I launched a podcast for Chef called Food Fight. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you did that for a while. Um, I, you know, I, I've guested on other podcasts and, and stuff. And, you know, I, I, I think uh, I'm, I'm clearly not uh, afraid to, like, kind of speak my mind, even though it's not usually focused. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, I, I just, you know, kind of stumbled into it and um, kind of enjoy it. All right, Coach Dave, what's your motivation? You've thought about it, uh, I'm sure. I think my motivation is all, all of them. That's that's uh you know it is fun and enjoyable and I like uh, uh, I like following tech stuff and uh, I do enjoy extra money so I can buy the iPad which I will not show you and and other <laughs> things like that and then yeah I mean I think you know in my uh, in my job it uh, it adds to my overall career and uh, professional not professionalism but my overall career of of what I do people. Uh, for whatever reason, they think of this as part of the job that I do. And uh, I think it's also, uh, you know, it's nice to have a, um, uh, you know, it doesn't pay that well. But it feels like some, you know, just a foot in the door of like, I could do some other media stuff at some point if I wanted to. And, uh, you know, make a newsletter and a podcast. It's good to like build up a uh, constant, what would you call it, audience or just thing, a channel. That's what brand. I would more generally yeah. call it. Yeah, yeah, just to tote around. And also, it's like nice to have uh, to have you two to talk to regularly. It's uh, I don't really talk to people that much. In, in a, <laughs> yeah. I, I guess I guess ironically, in a non-professional context, even though this is pseudo-professional, but like I don't uh, I don't have a lot of people I talk with frequently by choice. If that makes sense, so yes. it's yeah. it's yes. uh, it's nice. Well, I just want to put on extrovert. a couple of thoughts. I think all the things you've said, I would agree with that. You know, it's it's definitely fun to do. It's a good way to keep up with you guys. Obviously, it's a great way to you know run a small company, get some experience. That I will say, just on the professional side, the one thing uh, I've always enjoyed doing podcasting for is I've done a lot of product marketing work in my life. You know, just for better or for worse, and it's like you know so often in product marketing campaigns and stuff like that when you're in the corporation. You just cannot really ever get people to understand. It's like, hey, we should just talk in a normal voice. 
using like traditional mediums or like you know, mm. kind of things that are based on entertainment and understand that people want to be entertained. They want to hear about technology. They don't always want a white paper that's really formulated and like well-written and you know, kind of has all this stuff together or a presentation that kind of in standard format. So to me, as, as on a professional sense, it's always been like kind of proving out to people like, hey, podcasting and talking in an informal, hopefully regular tone of voice is a really powerful medium to like both build a community, to like stay in touch. And that's the other thing, you know, just all of our jobs is to stay in touch with like really smart people, like the entire audience, like the Slack channel is always like a really good uh, place to find out lots of new information, interacting with the listeners and, and just kind of showing that to corporations. Cause like, I can't tell you how many t conversations I've had where people are like, we should do something new and different. And then you kind of start explaining some ideas to people and they just like zone out. So I think all of, and I, I would like to think, you know, there's a lot of podcasts that I've done well, like the Cloudcast, and Software uh, Engineering Daily and um, DevOps, uh, uh, what, I'm sorry, Rested DevOps and all of them, right? So I think there's a whole bunch, a whole community of them that are really good examples of like what I think of as like really good product marketing that gets overlooked in, in most corporations. So that's one of the motivations that I, that I kind of bring to the table when thinking about this. Yeah, no, that's good. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, what's the word? Satisfying to create something that you think is the right thing to make, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, like, like this is, this is how things, this is how a, a podcast should be. So it's, it's, uh, that's fulfilling. Hello from Twilio. Today's show is sponsored by Twilio. Businesses all over the world right now are trying to reinvent how they connect with the world. Whether you're delivering packages, treating patients, or running a global customer support center, your customers need you to invent new ways to stay connected. Twilio is the platform that millions of developers trust to build seamless communications experiences with phone calls, text messages, video calls, and more. Whatever your use case, Twilio has your back. It's time to build. Visit twilio.com to learn more. And of course, we thank Twilio for sponsoring our show. So for Matt, we'll start with you. Uh, what do you miss most about uh, living in the United States? And what do you enjoy the most about living abroad? <laughs> uh, I, I think I've talked about this before, the food. Uh, I, you know, Australia's got a lot of great stuff, but I cannot get, you know, Tex-Mex uh, of any quality. Um, but, uh, you know... Um, Obviously, gonna miss family and uh, a lot of friends uh, from from back in the states. Uh, you know, watching all the tech companies move to Austin, and I'm not really missing that. <laughs> um, you know, it, it you know Austin changed a lot over the t time I was there, and and now being away, like you know, dropping in once a year and just being able to like see the change as fast as it's happening. Um, that's kind of disappointing uh, just because everything feels so crowded and uh, I don't know. It's not the Austin of my childhood, uh, which wasn't even in Austin, but you know, whatever. Um, so what's the second half of the question? <laughs> what, do you, what, what do you uh, like? Yeah. What do you enjoy most about living abroad? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, it is, it is kind of nice always being an almost like a, a permanent tourist position, right? There's always, Something where like it's gonna be new to me, and you know people here might take it for granted, but I, I'll, I'll just like you know for example the other day when I went to uh, to dinner, I was in a neighborhood I'd never been in, and I just like got off the the the, the train and just walked for you know a, you know half an hour through this neighborhood that I'd never seen, just because I was like this is brand new to me, 
right? And um, you know, just ex just the ability to explore, and there's always something new. And, and Sydney is just an immense city with, like, both it's you know it's sprawled out, and there's so much, so many like little nooks and crannies of things to explore, and and you know, just having a whole country of new, you know, that uh, I don't know, it's a lot of fun. All right, that, Kodak, that's, that's what do you uh what do you miss most about the US and uh, what do you like the most about living abroad? Well, everyone knows I miss the food cuz it's <laughs> just uh the, the food around here is uh uh different. Not not what I like. <laughs> Although tonight I did what did I have tonight? I did have a pea soup with some cut up smoked sausage in it and I didn't even put like hot sauce in it. So, uh I was doing all right. Uh but yeah, yeah, there's the the type of food that I like doesn't exist here really uh, as e as easy or cheaply as you would like, and I think also like there's there's a few things in the food area. Well, there there's how would I categorize this? There are let's call it free refills, and free refills means like literal free refills on drinks, but also free free like ketchup and like you know like I, yeah. I remember I. I told a while ago, like we were driving back home. Well, I guess this is last Christmas. We were driving back home uh, and we went through Luxembourg and there was a five guys there. And it was like, it was like a little America. Like you go into five guys and uh, we, we the, went to a five guys in, in Hong Kong. <laughs> yeah. And they have, they yeah. have, they have the free peanuts. You get free refills on, uh, they've got those big Coke machines, but you know, on fountain drinks. And then they have the free ketchup pumps and mayonnaise pumps. And then here's where the refill part comes in. They have napkins, just piles and piles of napkins just everywhere. Right. <laughs> and and like that, just napkins, they their napkins in, in Europe are like, what would be a metaphor? It's like seeing a bald eagle. It's just like it's like every now and then they'll you'll be like, whoa, there's three of them. Right. And and just like they don't I, I don't think anyone ever gets dirty here. Right. Like they just they don't need a napkin. They're perfect eaters. Whereas mm -hmm. like when I go out to eat, normally I'll use like five, ten napkins, depending on what I'm eating. Right. Like I got to which is probably an issue. And then, you know, the other part of that and, and this is less and less globally, but like people there's no paper towels around here. So you're always like that's not exactly true, but like. I think it's a global phenomenon that I notice here a lot is the lack of paper towels. So you're always like shaking you know your what, hands. What, what's or, happened like, in the the four years I've been in Australia, the introduction of the of the small uh, pre pre like they only had the one large size of paper towels when I got here, mm. and now they have like the little individual ones. Like yeah. that came to Australia while I was here. That's just you know mind blowing. <laughs> There's still so much innovation left to, yes. to, that people can consume. The, the future's here. It's just not evenly distributed. <laughs> yeah. And, and, then, and then one more thing that I can't express very well, but and maybe this exists out in the, the outside of the city, but I sort of miss like, like giant stores, like just gigantic big stores that you could like <laughs> that, like, like a target, right? Like you just a big Costco. Yeah, and, and Costco, right? But, like, it's just a store that's sort of, like, you can just, like, go in there and wander around. Like, that's whenever I've been back to the U.S., I just go to a Target just to, like, wander around and just look around at stuff. So I, I miss, like, those big, giant stores. And, 
it's sort of the variety that they have. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there are food things that I do like, right? So like the bread here is really nice and, uh, it's, it's really hard to get bad coffee. In fact, yeah. the coffee sometimes can be so good that it tastes bad, right? Like it's just like, you know, very strong, like fresh coffee and that's nice. And then it's also nice to like be around uh, a very diverse set of people and cultures. <clears throat> like, you know, you can, you can walk around and like, there's all sorts of languages you hear and people from here and there and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's a lot, a lot different than, uh, back in Austin. And then, uh, I mean, all the infrastructure here is great. Like I was reading, I uh, subscribed to the Matt Iglesias, you know, slow burn newsletter. And he had, he had a thrilling piece on controversies over building uh, a couple of stations on the Boston Green Line, which is just total, I see why he left Vox, because they would have never published something as boring as that. <laughs> but, but like I was reading through it, you know, it's, it's, it's all of his uh, justified complaining about like, you know, the station is way overbuilt for the subway thing. And like, I don't know, we just have all that here. Like there's no, yeah. we got all that stuff and there's bike roads and everything. And, and like, uh, I mean, there's a lot of other stuff, but I'll, I'll cut off there, but it's made me realize like, like the, and I've said this before, but like, I think there's two sides of this. One side is like, you know, Americans are, are cheap as hell. Like we don't like to pay for anything like, which I think the rest of the world doesn't quite get. Like, because we're all like big, powerful America throwing money around, forgetting to file our taxes correctly, things like that. <laughs> but like, but like, in fact, we don't really like spending money. Like we're, right. we're in a weird way. Whereas over here, they don't like spending money because shit is expensive. Not because like, they don't like spending. I mean, I'm generalizing, but the other side of that is that what you see around Europe. And I think Europeans don't understand this. Cause like, uh, what's the old thing? Like a fish doesn't know it's in water, but like when you spend money, you get shit, right? Like, so you spend a lot of money on infrastructure and all sorts of things. And then you have a lot of really good infrastructure and all sorts of things. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and it's, so it's, it is nice to be in a situation where the infrastructure and it's not only the infrastructure, but the whole system sort of like you can tell people have sat down and they're like, what if we had what we wanted? Yes. <laughs> yes. And and like, what what if we just got what we wanted instead of bartering about the price? Because I think ultimately what an American wants is a good deal. And they're like, I don't even know what the fuck I bought. I want a good deal. Like, and that's, that's kind of like the, uh, the American way. <sighs> yeah. So, so to that, the other follow-up question, I think was also, I think it's from this, from Joshua as well, was, uh, start with you, Matt, like, do you, uh, ever plan on moving back stateside or is this going to be forever? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I keep imagining myself moving back, but, uh, obviously now's not the time for it. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, soon. uh. Yeah, the U.S. doesn't seem to have their act together right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's definitely something we've, you know, we've talked about. We've come close to, you know, having moments where, like, time to move back. But, uh, you know, like right now, I literally can't leave Australia. Or I can leave Australia, but I can't come back um, because of, like, you know, they're not allowing anybody from outside the country in. 
uh, unless I take up acting in movies, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, probably at some point. Um, well, you still own a house here, so that that's your. I, yeah, I, I, I still be own a house there until uh, until you actually. <laughs> I, I still I, I still try to pay taxes there. Um, <laughs> All right, Cote, what about and, you? Uh, what are you? Uh, you're on kind of a different schedule, I think, right? So, what's your what's your plan? Are you moving back? Or are you staying over there? What's up? Yeah, I think we I think we would try to live here for as long as possible. I mean, I think uh, I think our kids are at an age where they uh, they they would rather stay here than go back. And yeah, it's nice. Like and I mean, I think that's the other thing is like, uh, uh, as far as I can tell, America will always be there. And since since uh, since I'm a citizen, it's just like, I don't know, I can go back whenever I want. Right. Like, yeah, no big deal. No big deal. And yeah, so it's uh, yeah, I think it would be it'd be nice to say and and like. I mean, echoing a little bit of what Matt Ray said, like, I mean, as long as I, I can, I mean, I have enough money, I can just travel back whenever. So I don't know. It's fine. Like, I, I, I think sometimes, like, if I was in a different business or a different type of job, I mean, the North American, which is, say, the United States, the United States market is so massive that, like, it, there's different dynamics of like uh, markets and cash over there, but I don't know. That's not a big right. deal. Well, here was one for me. I'll just give my, I, cause I'm obviously in the U S so this is a good question to get from Josh. Uh, if you could live in another country, which one and why? So I don't know. I thought about this. I wish I had something really interesting to say, but I would, if I was going to live someplace, I'd probably limit myself to English speaking, primarily English speaking uh, countries, just cause I find it so hard to be somewhere for a long period of time without speaking a language. So I probably would go with something very um, typical, like of an American. Like I'd like the London to seem like such a massive city and be such a good place to live and like a home base and like travel around Europe. So I would definitely do that. Um, but if I was trying to go somewhere a little bit different, uh, I think like Mexico City or something in Central America mm. uh, would be fun, just because it's pretty different, right? Pretty, you the, know, and the time zones work for the podcast. Yeah, so. the time zones <laughs> for the podcast and stuff. Like, so I'd like to try that. My uh, my wife and my son, they're, they're pretty good. I'm not good at Spanish. I don't have any real Spanish knowledge, but like they're pretty good at Spanish. So I could probably make it work down there and they probably enjoy it. So that'd probably be the, the right ones to go to. I don't know. Maybe that's like an American thing. It's like, I just find it hard like to live somewhere and not, and not like really not know the language for a long period of time. Like, you know, places that are totally different, like, you know, <clears throat> Japan or others, it just seems like, gosh, it seems like daunting mm. to me. seems there like it'd go. be too much. Singapore. 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 Is that good? It, it, it's probably the most exotic no, English first. I, I, my, I, I, yes, you're, 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 you're correct on your, your, your facts. I've thought about Singapore before. The problem no, is no, if, no. I, if, yeah. if I wanted to like live in a furnace, I would just move back to Texas. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. That, well, that's true. That, that's true. But I, I just mean, if, if you want the, 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 Maximum amount of variety, yeah. but still English speaking. It's got to be Singapore. I but, think. I, I. I think. I think your your Latin America plan. That's good branding because, like, yes. you know, I. I don't want to sound. Rica. I don't no, want to sound arrogant English. about it, but I think learning Spanish would be easy if if you set yes. your mind to it, right? Like just because you've been in in Austin for so long, like you know what it sounds like, and you probably know a little bit of Spanish here and there, and it's, you know, it's just a Latin you know, language, so it's pretty food. standard. <laughs> Yeah, and then but that that would be good. And then also to the to to the worrying about the cash thing, right? Like I always find that LATAM is this isolated weird market. And then so if you if you went down there to represent like some software firm with a different set of skills, 
you'd be a whole, you'd be an interesting, unique individual, right? Like the, uh, you know, and vice versa too. But it's, uh, I don't know, seems like an interesting place. All right. Do it. I like it. However, I think they eat corn tortillas down there, which is uh, I'm philosophically opposed to. Corn tortillas don't need to exist. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here, let's uh, we'll get next question here. Diff- kind of slightly different topic. All right, so back on the tech technology. So this is from James. So Coach, I can start with you. Which currently hyped technology product is going to be uh, in 2040, that thing that no one understands that only runs on Windows 2003. Um, he's trying to get a jump start on his uh, Legacy Conf 2039 talk. So, so what technology are we going to be like? Oh, that Legacy. Conf, oh, in 2040. 2040. What do you What do you think it is? Huh. It's only gonna. Uh, now, now I'm thrown for a loop because I was thinking just next year. What? But I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it could probably be anything. Just something in the near future. Well, you know, well, you know. Well, I what's think next year. I, <laughs> yeah, I, well, think, I, I, I don't know if this is just my personal bias, but like, I feel like, I feel like whatever it is, Slack is is like is creaky. Now, twenty forty is a long way out, but whatever. Like, at some point, you're going to have enough people using Slack, enough normals, and it's just going to be like not novel anymore and and a source of drudgery and i don't know it, it's just it's just not there's something wrong with it i mean it's it's better it's better than email i don't know see that's the problem is like i feel like a lot of activity in slack could just be a two line email if that makes sense but i think that it might also be because i don't like working with people and the point of a lot of slack is to collaborate with people and do things <laughs> But it's it's so it's weird. So it seems like something that and and there were so many people who tried to like do a Slack thing forever, including uh, what's what a Salesforce have chatter that it seems like it would be a a weird old thing that like, you know, so would it be kind Singap- of like a Lotus this, Notes kind of feel to it? Like Lotus Notes kind yeah, of feels yeah, like yeah. today. Yeah, right? like for, for some reason, like the Singapore Navy still uses it. Right. Like, you know, and runs yeah. on old. Nothing like that's kind of how Singapore. Lotus Notes is, right? All right, Matt, what do you think? What's your, what technology are people going to be like, oh, I got to deal with this, this old legacy thing? <sighs> Source control. <laughs> like all of it, the entire. <laughs> no, the entire no, no, no. Hear me out. Like, hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. I, I, I was just thinking about like Cote talking about, you know, the drudgery of dealing with tools or whatever. And. In 20 years, um, I think the level of, of machine learning and language translation and, and, and the like are going to be to the point where you look at some source and you say, uh, hey, Siri, <laughs> give me lines 13 through 37, pull it out of that branch and stick it into that. And I don't have to know, like, get bisect or, you know, get right. cherry pick. You know, so that whole UX just is gone. So it's kind because... of like versioning is built into like every, every, like the, the notion of storing a file, kind of like, I think, you know, it just happens mostly in the Mac now, right? It's like, you can just go back and see versions of it, right? It's just like inherently in the file itself. It's no longer this separate thing you have to do. Is that kind of what you're thinking? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it, it it's people mm. understand, people understand like the, you know, the master or the, the main branch or, you know, uh, whatever. And people understand the idea of, of branching and, and trunks and stuff, but there's no more like having to deal with the tools. There, there's just this like natural language interface to it where you get what you want because <laughs> you don't have to explain it to the system. You just say like, you know, I want that over in there. Yeah. 
No, I like that. That you makes know, uh, that makes sense. So I, I was that, gonna so, think, so um, I, I, you know, complaining about like your Git tools versus Perforce versus CVS versus RCS. Someone's gonna like just disappear that whole thing from you, and it'll, you know, probably Microsoft because they own GitHub and and all that machine learning and, and AI stuff. But that's that's my my uh, utopian future. Okay, I like it. Well, what, I was trying to think a couple of things that just like I was thinking both now and in the future. Like, what, what's your opinion of Heroku? Has Heroku already kind of uh, like kind of gotten to this point where it's like, oh, like oh, we have this app running in uh, Heroku. Like, we have to go figure it out. Like, is that already legacy or is that still to come? I I, I, th- I think it is one of those like evolutionary niches where it's kind of like the perfect little thing, mm-hmm. right? Like nobody's like, oh, build packs are so hard to work with. People are like, I understand it. It does what it does. You know. I, it, it is, it is like this evolutionary dead end that, you know, it's going to be horseshoe crabs of Heroku for, you know, the next 500 million years, because like, it's, it's perfect at what it does. Right. right? And there's nobody who's like, you know, you know what we need a better horseshoe crab, you know, like, no, yeah. no, no, those things they're figured out. Like, you know, it, it, it's the crocodile, it's the shark. It's like, you know, they've been there forever because they do one thing and they do it perfectly well. And, you know, they they own that niche and, yeah. and you know that that's that's my hot take. All right, I'll throw out another think- a couple others. I think could show up. I mean, one this is like uh, this doesn't sound like a joke, but it's really not. I think like Oracle databases. Like I just think that reminds me. The Oracle databases remind me very much of the mainframe. It's just like as much as people think they're going away and there's an opportunity to move away and they're expensive and stuff like that. It's just when you get inside one of those databases, it just becomes so hard to move out that like. I very much think that you could have a, what, what is Oracle on now? 11? I can't remember what the number is, but like, uh, I just feel like, you know, in 20 years, you could be, someone could be stuck editing a, like an Oracle d- database and be like, I can't yeah, believe we're still using gonna, it. It's going to be the Fortran, right? I, I think there's such a concerted assault on that tower that, you know, you're going to be left with like, oh yeah, they're still running Oracle. The same way you'd be like, yeah, they still get that mainframe that's running, you know, Saber, but uh uh, you know what? Everyone else moved off of that, right? Yeah, yeah. No, but there will be. There'll be some companies. That's why I think in like twenty forty, there'll be someone like, yeah, just I just we can't leave it. And then, um, I think the other one too. It's like, you know, not intentionally here. Like, I feel like we're talking about Salesforce a lot, but I think Salesforce in itself, just Salesforce the CRM application, that's another thing that is already I think is very hard to use at times. And like, there's so many custom integrations. Um, that is very much like something that I think could be stuck in kind of like a time warp in the next five to 10 years where people, it just doesn't get updated, but people can't change it. Like you just can't get out of it. And we're all mm. stuck uh, inside the Salesforce. So I don't know. I, so, I think, you know, you know, another one, maybe this is also wishful thinking, but like, I think passwords like maybe wouldn't exist. Like, because, you, you know, in my uh, iPad lifestyle, right? Like I very rarely have to enter a password because I got like face ID and, finger ID and just like all this stuff. Right. And now that I use Safari, like whenever I log into the Apple site, I can just do like a face ID somewhere. And if not a face ID, it can send a message over here to do something. And like, I already use a password manager as well. So I don't really know those passwords. So I just feel like, you know, and then the password manager also like integrates into the browser so it can enter passwords. And I effectively only have a couple of passwords that I know. And uh, then I got this fucking two FA bullshit I have to deal with, and so it just it just it just seems like, the, uh, you know, you don't really need passwords. You got all these other things that are easier to uh, use, like my face. I guess if you don't have a face, that's a problem. But like, mm. 
right? Some type of biometric fingerprint or something like that voice. So that's, I don't know. It's definitely coming in. It does seem like, you know, for a long time we've talked about that, but now it seems to actually be happening, right? Like there's even on this uh, Windows PC I got for work the other day, it's like it has a nice little face ID or whatever they call it in Windows. And it works really nice. It's like, yeah, this is great. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you could do the uh, my voice is my password thing. I mean, you could have multiple factors. I mean, at the very least, you know, I don't know if you've ever uh, do, done that when you log into Google and you're like, give me other ways to log in. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like, I've got so many things configured that I've got like 10 different options, which is probably a bad idea, but it's just like, it kind of proves out that you can have all these different ways of logging into stuff. I mean, it seems like I could ever even do something where it's like, I don't know, go ask Brandon and Matt if I am who I say I am. And they'd be like, yep, looks like him. Yep, looks like, like him. Yeah. Attestation. Yeah. Attestation. Yeah. All right. Well, here's, um, as we kind of got to get towards the end here. So, uh, this was a good question. I think this there's a hands down winner. Uh, what was slide of the year? The PowerPoint slide of the year. I, I, I'm just throwing it out there. It, it has to be um, the the man from uh, the SoftBank. The where he, has, he has the unicorns like running into right, right. the uh, into like the ravine. I mean, it's just it's just the just the most crazy slide that was actually given in like a real presentation ever i don't i don't know it's hard for me to come up with a runner-up i mean in the last year we've had some ibm slides we have a lot of drop shadow a lot of variations on architectures and burgers but uh it it feels like that the softbank ceo just kind of just decided he not only was he going to lose a tremendous amount of money this year he was going to win the the slide of the year award hands down i don't is there i miss any cote did you see any else other slides that you want to bring up i i i looked at the the questions ahead of time and uh, it's going to be hard since it's you know not a visual medium here, and I'm not configured to show these slides. But I I came up with three, and and I chose these slides based on their utility of interestingness. I'll I'll give you the two runner ups. I know we'll put a link to this in the show notes at softwaredefinedtalk.com/slash two seventy seven. So one, I tweeted this a while ago. Forrester had their agile survey out, and there's a couple of clusters of slides they use that show you just like agile practices and use. And I like slides like this because they help me make a point, which is like, you're probably not doing agile, right? Like every, <laughs> every year, if you look at these slides and you look at the practices, like everyone does refactoring. Cause as I always joke, everyone knows the right click thing on a mouse and then it just drops off after there. Right. And so it's good to make that point. It's, and I think they also published it somewhere that you can kind of use it. It's not behind the firewall. I forget. And then there's another one that I like that I didn't make number one because it's a VMware uh, sponsored survey done by Vance and Bourne. I'm sure we all know Vance and Bourne. Am, am I oh, right, yeah. Brandon? Of yeah. course, of course. <laughs> and uh, but it had this great this one little thing I use every now and then that said that uh, 29% of developers say that waiting for infrastructure is their biggest barrier, but only 6% of executives say that. <laughs> Right. And that that huge misalignment is fascinating. There's a lot to do with that. And the other the other thing is that the thing that executives think is the biggest misalignment is uh, interfacing with other systems. And I was thinking that's probably because and you can see why I like these things, because you can think a lot of stuff. Uh, I was thinking that's probably because the executives have to hear all the shit about how the other people won't open up their APIs. And that's what they spend all their time on is like people complaining to them that other divisions aren't doing stuff for them. But then the winner, I think, is uh, there's a slide from, I think, the most recent CNCF Music Factory survey. And it basically says, what are the the top barriers to Kubernetes? 
uh, putting Kubernetes in place. And just to summarize it so I don't go on too long, I was, I realized, you know, it's fun to see what barriers are, but I realized recent, the, the last couple of times I looked at it, that they're the same barriers for every fucking piece of software. Like there's <laughs> really nothing, there might be one or two things that are different, but it's security, skills, culture change, you know, networking. And, and like on one hand, it's, you can be cynical where it's just like, ah, oh, these fucking kids. Right. Like same thing over and over again. But I think it's also heartening because it's just like, yeah, it's just the same old shit. Not a big deal. Right. Like we're going to have the same yeah. problems. We've solved this problem a million times before. We'll get over it. Like yep. it's fine. And, uh, you know, so I think that I, I've I recently I'm, I'm I picked that chart. I'm stumbling here, but I think it's uh, it's an inspirational chart. Maybe maybe in 2021, if we have the same problems, it means, you know, we're fine. It's, it's always normal. the same. All right. It's we'll fine. try to put the, uh, we'll see if uh, we can. Hopefully those uh, slides popped up in your uh, podcast player as you were, um, as we were talking. So maybe you can see them as we're talking about, all right, well, that's good. Well, Hey, can't, can't take it. I still though, the soft bank, I'll never forget those unicorns oh, on, yeah, my death, yeah. on my deathbed. Yeah. I'll be, people will be like, yep, <laughs> I remember that unicorn slide. Unicorns. <laughs> all right. Well, fi final question. And then we'll get to recommendations here. Uh, it, well, just kind of your choice, like either, what was your uh, top story of the year or what story did we talk about? You think it's going to fade away the fastest and it'll be here and gone before, before we even uh, know it. So either one, uh, Matt, what are your thoughts? <laughs> well, you know, obviously COVID kind of rules everything around us this year. Um, but uh, I, I don't really want to talk about that anymore. I, I, I wish we could be done with that. That'll sadly still be the story in 2021. Um, I think, uh, Things that are going to fade away from this year that we talked about, uh, I bet we're still talking about open source licensing and open mm. source businesses next year. Okay, that ain't going away. I bet uh, I bet we're still going to be talking about monitoring startups. That ain't going away. <laughs> uh, I bet we're still talking about Kubernetes. Things. What's going to go away that we talked about? Man, what what? I, I'm having a hard time thinking. I'll, I'll tell yeah. you, it's it's not exactly that framing, Matt, but I was looking oh, okay. through the stuff. And early in the year, I'd totally forgotten about this. In fact, this might have been the yeah. first show we had when we came back, is there was a rumor that Google was going to buy Salesforce. And and uh, I'd totally forgotten about that. But that, you know, looking through it, that was perhaps one of the, uh, it's the equivalent of your slide of all the unicorns going down the gully. It was just like, yeah. that was that was a weird idea. Wait. We ain't gonna talk about WeWork anymore. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that was going. I was gonna say the one I was gonna throw out a couple here. Like the thing that's gonna go, I think that will go away is um, you know right now, I think there's this feeling that like hey everyone's gonna work from home, the flexible workspace, mm. and, you know, this is the future. I actually think that's gonna fade away much quicker than we think. I think there will be kind of a, a movement to return to work in offices, traditional offices. Uh, much faster than we think, right? I think uh, as hopefully the pandemic gets under control, I just, I don't know, there's just part of me just believes that um, human nature is to want, especially for employers, is to want to see the people you're paying to do work. You want to see them in an office. I just, as much as things change in, in life, I feel like that is still, there's a strong pull for that. And there's like, I think you always, even before the pandemic, there were times when people would, uh, if you will, uh, be geographically dispersed, but then they tend to always come back together. So that's what I'm going to predict that 
counter trend, like Zoom, Slack, all that stuff. Like it isn't necessarily the future. Those will be tools we'll always use. But I think at some point they're going to see maybe in the next, say, 12, 18 months, somebody really say, hey, every it turns out we want everyone back in the office. Like some fairly big company will make that that claim. So that's going to be one prediction. Um, and then I actually think the top story of the year, I mean, 100 um, percent potentially falling for the recency bias here. But I really think this uh, the solar winds attack and more importantly, this idea of like really, oh. um, you know, compromising, you know, software supply chains, if you will, the build process that I think that's going to that is kind of going to as we look back on it, that may be the biggest story um, that we kind of started this year. But I think it's only bigger and bigger because I think. We're going to see more and more of these attempted hacks. I think you're going to see more and more of these compromises and just how we think about like deploying software in large organizations. And as we all become, all these companies become um, more dependent on cloud vendors and software providers, um, I think it's going to become a bigger and bigger threat. So I think that story is going to get bigger and bigger as we go forward. Well, I I think that's some some evergreen advice we can give people is, um, if you're doing a startup, go for a security startup because those people always have budget because stuff's always bu- busted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, maybe this is like my own whatever, but like, I, I don't know. I don't see how people maintain caring about like, you know, hating Facebook and Google and all that, like anti-social stuff. It just like, it's one of those things where like, you know, everyone uses it and, it feels like all the marming and shaming about it, like it's just going to be exhausting and boring after a while. And people, and then also like, if you don't have like crazy Trump running around doing stuff, then people would be like, eh, I don't know. Everything seems fine. This isn't being used as a weapon of like craziness. And I don't know. People seem to like oh. Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we'll see if these antitrust lawsuits go away. Ah. Well, no, I mean, they're not going to go away because it's more of just like it wouldn't be such a big. I don't know. I feel like I don't know. I must be on the minority of this, but like it's just like TV rotting your brain and me worrying about my uh, my kid asking for extra screen time. I mean, it's just like they're just things and people like funnel their crap into it. But it's full of people just like Soylent Green. Right. So like. Mm It feels it feels like if you're hating social media stuff, you're kind of just hating yourself or conveniently <laughs> someone else. Right. Like and it's just there you go. I don't know. Just fix yourself, man. Like it's just a computer it's a platform for hate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, uh, let's see. You know, someone asked a question in Twitch here. Let me go back. Maybe we should cater to our streamers here, which is. Uh, Let's see. What would you let me let me turn it around slightly, Brandon? When we when when Matt Ray and I finally come back to Austin, what do you want us to bring you from our respective uh, places? Oh, uh, let's see here. What would I want? I guess uh, chocolate, right? From the Dutch, isn't that uh, the appropriate thing I'm <laughs> sure. supposed to be asking for? The the, the, the yeah. Belgians are a little more on that, but really, what's the difference? Gosh, I guess I messed that up. I don't know. What else? I the chocolate was, here is good. I thought it was a Dutch thing too, but maybe I apologize. I don't know. Um, yeah, that would be good. And then I don't know from Australia. What would I want? You know, now we have the. Uh, I only have like the cliches, right? You know, the you know a kangaroo, something, a big just, knife. Just a big yeah. knife, a shrimp on the Barbie. Like, see, uh, see, like, I, have, like, like, I don't it, even know like what a legitimate thing to ask for from Australia is. To be totally, to be quite honest, 
How about like like functioning healthcare and stack rank voting? I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot to put in the carry on. I just got to say, but if you can, if you want to bring it, those again. are things I love. I will say, I guess it's not Australia, but I I like the uh, was it is she the prime minister of uh, New Zealand? New Zealand? Just, yeah. yeah. I I don't. I just like her like her just public persona, like the way she approaches like public communications and everything. So yeah, if you want to bring some of that back, that's, that would be great. I would enjoy that. Um, so that you want, you want the, the culture and the conviviality and the people of Australia. You want you just a little bit of that. I do. To, to... I, that is true. I mean, I've, I've worked, I guess one person from New Zealand, known a few people from Australia. I just, just generally, I think that's uh, I don't know if it's, if I would say like a slower piece of life, but just like, they're always just very, they just have a fun outlook on life. I think, you know, I know that's a yeah. massive generalization. I know that's like, yeah. you know, totally, but that's whenever I like know where I'm either going to meet with someone from Australia or like, I know those people, I'm always like, Oh, this is going to be fun. Like I just have this kind of feeling. Right. Whereas other countries, when people are coming in from other countries, I don't necessarily think fun. I think, Oh, but other countries, I'm like, all right. Yeah. The Australians <laughs> Here like, come the Germans. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the Germans always like, Oh, going to be, it's going to be very literal tonight But the Australians going to be fun. So, um, yeah, that's always yeah. Good. well, yes. I'll, the, the actual question is what Matt Ray and I would bring back and I'll just put in like the one, if, if I were to choose one thing, there's probably some, uh, Dutch word for it, but I have this like a uh, multi-layer, uh, flower vase that's like from Delft. So it's like, you know, the, it's the classic, like Netherlands, like, uh, what color is it? it, it you know, blue ink on white. I don't really know my ceramic terminology, but it's got like four levels and you pull each level apart to put water in there. If you cut the flowers on a short stem and it's very uh, traditional, nice looking Dutch stuff. And I think that's the one thing I would bring back because it is you can't really get that in the States. And, you know, other than like, you know, some like overcooked spinach mixed with mashed potatoes and a hot dog on it with, you know, brown sauce. I feel like there's very little that's uh, very Dutch than that. And boy, the fries. But they would go bad by the time you got there. It, it's, mm. Mm. Have to eat them at the airport. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, l- let's do a little, you know, speaking of the political gab fest and copying their format. They don't do bureaucracy. We've innovated. Do we have any bureaucracy to go over, Brandon? A couple quick ones. I sent some stickers to Stephen in uh, Kingwood, Texas, so pretty close to me. So happy to hear from him. Uh, if you'd like... Uh, stickers, just send me your postal address to stickers at softwaredefinedtalk.com. Happy to send you any stickers anywhere in the world. So I always enjoy doing that. And then uh, from last week, you know, we talked a little bit last week about um, potentially just like, why don't people have better YouTube channels that just uh, tell us all the great things? So uh, Justin Garrison wrote in from AWS and he says uh, that's what they're trying to do with the channel they call Containers from the Couch. So if you want to watch some of their videos, they're up on YouTube. Learn about containers, see their attempt at it. Wanted to uh, recommend that to everyone as well. Yeah, those 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 Amazon people are like, in a good way, monsters on the video. They're all over the place. Like if you look at their Twitch channel, they've got some ongoing series of like agriculture, IoT, in the cloud that gets like hundreds and hundreds of views. It's just like, I mean, you know, nothing against IoT agriculture stuff, but it shows that even uh, niche sort of stuff somehow they're uh, getting interest in it. I watched yeah. an episode; it's pretty. Well, I also well like done. to give them some more kudos. Uh, I could go for that. I like their. Um, I don't know if it's just in the partner portal. I think anyone can do it, but certainly when you kind of log into their, uh, the I think it's a partner. The certifications, wherever they have the certifications, 
they have pretty much a video for everything and they do a good job at you know different levels like the 100 level 200 level 300 level so if you just kind of want a quick overview they've got that video they've got specific use cases so i think they do a really good job with video probably the best of all the big cloud vendors you, you know now that i'm saying this to go all ben thompson like they already are really good at video for all their other stuff like i remember i knew a guy in austin who was a video producer for amazon and he would just like make videos for their retail stuff and he got hired by dell to do that and then he eventually went back to amazon and so they probably have a lot of in-house like not only know-how but um what i always think of as benefit of the doubt they don't have to like sell the idea of doing video it's just like yeah. they know that video is powerful so of course they're going to do it i don't know i don't know anything about amazon but it is uh they do a lot of video wow this episode not brought to you by Amazon. <laughs> uh, well, you know, we have a Slack channel. We'll, we'll be, still be there. And uh, you can download, uh, you can look at the show notes. Those slides we have, if you go to softwaredefinedtalk.com, all sorts of things there. What do you have to recommend this week, Matt Ray? Uh, so, so, so two things. Uh, first, uh, I have an anti-recommendation. I think at some point I probably mentioned I picked up some Jabra Elite 75T Sport wireless Bluetooth headphones. Uh, those pieces of junk, uh, one of them broke after, I guess I got them in October. And going around and around with their support has uh, not been not been a, a, a pleasant experience. So uh, uh, that's an anti-pick. Um, save your money. Of course, my next headset will probably a uh, different kind of Jabra, but whatever. Um, and then... Uh, my my positive pick is uh, my little dabble in uh, uh, waiting seven hours for my COVID test this weekend. Um, we uh, I'm not I'm not typically a fan of Domino's Pizza, but as we were standing in a, you know sitting in our car waiting in line for several hours, uh, I saw like a dude on a bike delivering pizzas several times, and I went to Domino's website and they have anywhere delivery, and if you install the app. Um, they will find you and bring you your pizza. <laughs> hmm. And I was like, that is some futuristic utopia stuff that I actually want. Right. You know, maybe a little dystopian, you know, they, they can find you, but they're like, you know, Hey, if you're out, you know, out and about, you're at a park, you know, whatever, we'll bring you your pizza. You don't have to give us an address. I was like, that's exactly what I want is they probably delivered 30 pizzas to that, that line. Um, so, so, uh, got my pizza. God, uh, and then I uninstalled the app after we were done because I remembered I don't really like Domino's. But <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but the 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 digital experience, top notch. Kudos. You you know that that is, I mean, it's food, I guess. But that's kind of an unexpected food thing. I I didn't really realize that I missed is like bad American pizza or American pizza, which, oh, which is okay. just like it, you know whether it's Domino's or or Papa John's or whatever. Like it is. You know, right down the street, we got these these I call them the pizza guys. These these guys, there's like a whole there's like three or four of them who are like from Italy, uh, from like, you know, the countryside yeah, and, in Italy. And, and they're they, like, here's a forty dollar pizza. Right, it's, it's it's more <laughs> affordable than that. But like, it's really good pizza. I love it. But like sometimes you just are like, I just want some trash pizza. And, yeah. And like, yeah. 
thankfully we do have a Papa John's here and the fidelity to, to us Papa John's is amazing. <laughs> right now you can still get a pizza that has corn on it and tuna fish or some bullshit like that. Uh, but yes, but like the only thing that's different, oddly enough, I haven't tried the garlic sauce cause I, I that stuff is just toxic waste, but like the pepper, whatever that is, you know, they put in every pepper, pe- pepper John's pepper every Genie. Papa John's thing is super spicy here. Like the nice. one you get back in the U.S. is very mild, but this one here, anyways, that's something that uh, that's good to have. Yeah, Australia does not have a shortage of terrible pizza. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about yourself, Brandon? What do you have to recommend? Well, I would like to recommend this week uh, Mini Motorway Ace, which is a kind of casual iPhone game that I got in the Apple Arcade. So, I think Kote, you've mentioned this before. It's like. I like to play like the casual games. I don't playing these games that have all these ads. But of course, if you've been listening to the show, you know that I got the uh, Apple Plus subscription and that comes with Apple Arcade. So I've always in there looking for like, oh, I wish there was like kind of a like, simple games to like waste time that don't have ads. And I really like this one, this mini motorways one. So you just build, you know, basically you're building a little uh, city with motorways and you have to keep all the traffic going. And if you don't, you'll lose. So my son and I, we really enjoyed that one. It's a great way to like kill time. It doesn't have any ads. So if you're looking for uh, something fun to play on, on your iPhone, check out uh, Mini Motorways. Is it is it like multiplayer? Um, I don't think so. I think we were just playing mm. kind of like side by side. And it also works on the Apple TV. That's where he was playing. Oh, so, so it's yeah. fun. It's good. They you know, do I like, like the contest, promise. I think. They think they have like a leaderboard thing, but it's not oh, like okay. you don't play head to head. I like I like the promise of the the arcade thing, but they really need to beef that up. I mean, yeah. I just because of you, Brandon, I have the you know all in Apple thing. But anyways, I like that arcade thing. Well, my recommendations, uh, I have I have two books now. One, the first one, I don't know if if uh, if you're supposed to recommend stuff by Warren Ellis anymore. But like I uh, I went since I have spare time, I went back and uh, looked to my comicsology and I'd bought in some trans metropolitan uh, uh. thing. And like it is uh, uh, it's it's what you might call just like like toxic. Like it's yes. and and it's basically like a comic book version of Hunter Thompson, if Hunter Thompson like actually like killed people and lived in a <laughs> cyberpunk era era. Yes, and and it, you know it's a little rough being like a big Hunter Thompson fan. Like it's a little rough the first few issues because there's there's like literally. Oh, do I have a kid there? Yeah, there's there's like literally stuff that's like directly from Hunter Thompson, like word for word and things like that. So it's a bit is the word derivative. But, you know, it's kind of relaxing to read. Yeah. It's sort of interesting. It, it and, feels almost prescient, though. I mean, it's just like that's the era we're starting to live in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's it's a very it's a very uh it's like it's like as Deadpool is to like Logan, like Transmetropolitan or no wait, is Deadpool Transmetropolitan is to like I don't know, some serious futuristic movie. It's just like crazy screwball. Yeah, yeah. It might get tiring. And then and then my other recommendation to redeem myself is I started reading this book called The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. And uh it's pretty good. It's I haven't read all of it yet. It's 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 uh it's pretty like straightforward and casual, but it has a fun premise to it that I'm I'm eager to see how it uh, pans out. So with that, this has been Software Defined Talk. If you want to get the show notes for this episode, you can go to softwaredefinedtalk.com/277. 
uh, and find this episode and everything else. Now, Brandon, you said you have one more episode coming out this year. Yeah, we do. We've got uh, we'll have a nice little interview episode coming out next week. So talking a lot about serverless and all of uh, all the good things there. So listen to that one next week. Yeah, that sounds good. And and uh, so you can listen to that one. But uh, the, all three of us will be back uh, next year. It's always fun this time of year to say that. Ooh, seems like a long time, but really it's just not, not too bad. And uh, hopefully you took some time off and uh, enjoy that, listeners. Bye-bye. Bye. Can you describe it for here. us, what you're showing they want us? You to come up here. They want you to describe the picture. Hi. Hi. Can you describe your picture? It's a kitty. And what else? What is the kitty doing? It's Those a are big kitty teeth. And... It has a flower. Awesome. Well, thank you. That's perfect. There we go. Breaking the whole new demographic in right here.